During this year of COVID, we have seen more than ever the value of women's unpaid care in terms of how they take care of their families and their communities. We need to extend that definition to understanding how that kind of care is also going to provide for the environment and it's unrecognized and it's unpaid for. It's a global good. Hello and welcome to The Evaluator, a podcast by the Independent Evaluation Unit, IEU, of the Green Climate Fund, GCF. I'm your host, Yunji Kim, Communications Officer at the IEU. The IEU aims to conduct evaluations that will help make the GCF faster, smarter, and better. We are committed to collecting and producing high-quality evidence to inform policymaking within the GCF and the broader international climate finance arena that translates into better outcomes on the climate action front. The Evaluator brings you compelling insights on cutting-edge topics related to evaluation, climate action, and development, featuring experts from across the globe as well as from within the IEU. Today's episode features Dr. Jeanette Guru, founder and executive director of Women Organizing for Change in Agriculture and Natural Resource Management, or WOKAN in short. WOKAN recently published a white paper titled How the Scaling of Voluntary Carbon Markets Can Amplify Gender Equality Impacts. The paper proposes a methodology for putting a monetary value to the unpaid work that women do that achieve climate change impacts which can allow them to be compensated for this work. Let's jump right into it. Here's Dr. Guru. Things are changing for for gender and climate, whereas about two years ago, to be able to speak about gender and climate in the same sentence was very confusing to a lot of people. But now I think we we see that very much we're starting to see policies and frameworks for gender equality are starting to come into more and more existence in the public climate finance mechanisms. And thanks to the GCF for that, which very much I think set the tone and inspired so many other organizations to follow. Indeed, we've also now have much more philanthropic as well as the impact and gender lens investors who are getting on board and seeing that climate is an important and critical thing for them to support as well. We're also seeing companies and private investors who are supporting sustainable development goals and climate action. However, Dr. Gurung says there seems to be a knowledge gap between these two groups of investors. Gender-focused investors on one hand and climate-focused investors on the other. I would say in some ways the, the climate finance group has limited knowledge of gender. The, the gender lens group, gender lens investors, also have a limited knowledge of the climate and climate sectors. And I would say right now, although there's some new discussion about merging those two agendas, which I don't think will ever exactly happen, but I would say that they're both groups are still missing the opportunities to support women's organizations, funds, enterprises, uh, etc. And, and the, the evidence of that is to show the really incredible scant amount of funding that goes into gender and uh, climate. 2014 data from the OECD said that only 3% of climate projects had gender as a principal objective, but 28% had integrated it as a secondary objective. 
According to Dr. Guru, this scant level of funding represents a missed opportunity to target gender and climate impacts simultaneously. Without the knowledge, skills, and networks of women, this is not going to be possible. And, and it's here to say, but let's look on the positive side of this. Let's see how this kind of new investments in the climate finance could absolutely catalyze women's empowerment in ways that advance the climate results, but also in ways that advance the gender equality agenda, provide equal opportunities and benefits, and very importantly, to recognize, reward, and even compensate women for what I call women's unpaid care for the environment. During this year of COVID, we have seen more than ever the value of women's unpaid care in terms of how they take care of their families and their communities. We need to extend that definition to understanding how that kind of care is also going to provide for the environment and it's unrecognized and it's unpaid for. It's a global good. We can all agree that women's efforts to care for both people and the environment are valuable. And as Dr. Groom says, it's a global good. Other classic examples of global public goods include climate change mitigation, worldwide peace, and knowledge. However, the trouble with public goods is that it is notoriously difficult to get someone to pay for something that anybody can enjoy for free. One success in this area is what's known as voluntary carbon markets. You may have heard countries or private companies making pledges to go carbon neutral. This doesn't mean that they stop emitting CO2 altogether, but rather that they offset their emissions by reducing them somewhere else. This can mean paying actors elsewhere to emit less, known as voluntary carbon credits. And Woken developed a solution that can address the need to scale up the private sector voluntary carbon market and generate gender co-benefits at the same time. Here is Dr. Guru with more on the rationale for this initiative. You know, climate action is driven by this very compelling global target-oriented policy. Zero net emissions is very clear. And that target allows companies and others to rally around it and, and to measure against it. And therefore it provides incentives for action and it has the carbon market structure, which I think is considered very convenient to companies. Um, and it's, it's, it's an easy pathway for them to achieve the targets for, for climate action. However, in the gender world, we don't have anything similar to that. SDG 5 does not ask, does not provide quant qualitative, quantitative targets, and it doesn't have a compelling drive, therefore, that, that, that can move it forward. So my question here is, is can't we create synergies with this very concrete climate actions and climate targets that are also going to produce these gender and women's empowerment targets and meet those. And can we then use the same evidence-based approach in the carbon market in general? It's able to you know, rely on third-party independent verification measures. Um, and it, could we do the same thing to design, measure, and report on gender equality, women's empowerment results instead of reporting on pledges, signing on to a commitment or as a pledge 
um, doesn't have the same degree of force as a measurement of evidence-based of a, of a result. So again, can the carbon market ecosystem be used to incentivize these actions? Can we see gender as a co-benefit of this existing carbon market that's drawing so much support um, and, and attention? So again, we need a low cost, a reliable standardized mechanism that certifies results for women's empowerment and gender equality, similar to what the voluntary carbon market provides to companies and investors to meet their climate goals. Can we use the similar approach as a carbon standard does to measure, report, quantify women's empowerment results uh, and, and develop, it, develop it as a monetized tradable asset as carbon credits are? Well, that's where Woken's W plus standard comes in. It aims to provide a framework that allows projects to quantify the impacts they are making on gender issues, which then allows sponsors to pay for these impact units. So then how did Dr. Groong and her team go about quantifying women's empowerment? And we did this by, by determining first what is women's empowerment and how do we know what we're measuring? And we talked, we talked to women in rural Kenya and rural Nepal and asked them, what is women's empowerment? And they came up with these six, what we call domains of time, income, asset, knowledge, education, health, food security, and leadership. So we said, okay, let's take each one of those, develop a methodology that combines qualitative and quantitative data and, and produces a method that's able to then uh, generate data that can be spit out as an impact unit, just as a carbon, a ton of carbon is in the environment sector. I mentioned before that the purchasers of the impact units pay the projects for the amount of impact they make on women's empowerment. But the revenues do not only go to the project owners, they also go to the women themselves. We are going to require that anyone that uses the W plus has to return at least 20% of the revenue of the price of that unit that's sold has to be returned to women in the project community. And they get to do with that funding, whatever they want to do with it. It's up to them. That's part of empowerment. The UN Framework Convention on Climate Change Secretariat recognized this work by giving the Momentum for Change Award to Woken for their use of the W plus standard in Nepal. Women's labor there has enabled the functioning and maintenance of biogas digesters, resulting in climate mitigation and forest conservation. By measuring women's time saved from the shift from fuel wood to biogas, the W plus standard was able to give monetary value to women's otherwise unpaid care for the climate. Here is Dr. Guru to elaborate. We applied the time-saving domain uh, method to that project and found out that women using switching from the use of forest, uh, forest fuels, um, fuel wood, over to a clean energy from biogas was saving them two and a half hours every single day of their lives. Um, that was significant to them. It was transformational to them. In that case, we were able to sell some of those units um, and then we returned, at least, we returned more than this, but we returned at least 20% back to those women's groups in the community. 
they then used that for whatever they liked. And it was very interesting that what they chose to use it for could be actually called climate adaptation um, activities. They use it for water supply, diversifying their agricultural kitchen garden crops, um, and also just building more things for the community, which in effect would be sustaining them in times of a climate crisis. We are hoping that in fact, in the near future, we can start to see women not only as beneficiaries of these climate projects, but the owners and the managers and the ones that are also being able to generate and tap into some of the profits that are gonna be uh, generated by this upscaling of the private voluntary carbon markets. For more on the W plus standard, we encourage you to check out the Woken website, where you can also find their recent white paper. We will also provide their web address on our podcast page. You can also find Dr. Guru on Twitter. Her handle is at Jeanette Woken. That is Jeanette with two N's and two T's, followed by Woken. We hope you enjoyed this episode of The Evaluator by the Independent Evaluation Unit of the Green Climate Fund. We'll be back with more insightful and interesting dialogues that matter for the evaluation and climate action communities. So stay tuned. Remember to tweet your thoughts about the show with the hashtag TheEvaluator. That's all for now. Signing off from the IEU headquarters in Songdo, Republic of Korea. Thank you for listening.